Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. This is the Wicked Library. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. This is Daniel Foytek, and this is The Darkness in Between, our interseasonal entertainment as we're hard at work on Season 11 of The Wicked Library. If you enjoy the show and you'd like to be a part of keeping the episodes coming, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wicked library. Today's story, The Woman Under the Stairs, is written by Jordan Crom and told by Cynthia Lohman. The Woman Under the Stairs by Jordan Crom. It's not that I'm kicking you out, Lucy. My mom felt the need to repeat for what must have been the tenth time that day. It's just, you know, since I'm downsizing to the apartment, there wouldn't be quite enough room. I hefted a box of dishes onto my tiny new kitchen counter with a sigh. Mom, it's fine, I get it. I'm 24 anyway, time to fly on out of the nest. Though privately I did suspect there was some kind of kicking out intention. I couldn't really blame her though. I, for one, was excited to have my own place to call home, even if it was more of a studio shoebox than a studio apartment. When I saw rent that I could afford while also keeping on top of the rest of my bills, however, it was a no-brainer. The apartment was on the first floor of an old farmhouse that had been renovated into four different apartments. My place happened to be next to the stairs that led to the second floor, across from what must have been a storage closet under the staircase. Really, disregarding the fact that the shower was in the kitchen, it wasn't bad at all. Cozy would be my positive word of choice. Once my mom had gifted me with a six-pack and a pizza, she left me to my own unpacking devices. Over the course of the next month, I effectively made the place my own. My futon and TV stand were near the front door, with a small kitchenette, plus shower, along the back wall. 
What little decor I could afford made me strangely happy. This was purely my space. For the first few weeks, I made sure to clean the place up regularly whenever I got home from work. Being a single broke female certainly allowed for an ample amount of time to straighten the apartment up. This particular state of being was why I found myself one Saturday night a month in my new living arrangement, sitting at home watching Netflix. I'd gone through enough episodes of a certain outdoorsy sitcom that Netflix paused by itself and asked if I was still watching. I sighed, figuring this would be the most opportune time to refill my mug with some tea from the stove. With a small groan that made me sound much older than I was, I started my journey to the teapot, and that was when I heard it. From the hallway, there was a short, sharp creak. I paused, almost unsure that I'd heard anything at all. I had become used to the sound of my upstairs neighbors bounding up and down the stairs over the past several weeks, and this sounded nothing like that. Wait, there it was again. It was over so quickly, but this time I knew I heard something. For some ludicrous reason, I chose to tiptoe over to my door. I peered through the peephole, expecting to see... I wasn't sure what I was expecting, really. Whatever it may have been, though, I ended up disappointed. There was no one in the hallway. But the door under the stairs was slightly ajar. Odd. Now that I thought about it, I'd never seen anyone use that storage closet. No cleaning crew, no other tenants, not even the landlord. Sure, it had only been a month, but what must have been valuable storage space was just being neglected. Or perhaps forgotten? I watched the door a little longer, waiting for something to happen. When nothing did, I turned around and headed back to my little stove. By the next morning, I'd totally forgotten anything had occurred with that door under the stairs. Another long work week went by, and while I made it out for a girls' night on Friday, Saturday found me sitting comfortably on my futon with my old flame Netflix. This time, I had invited several blankets along for tonight's viewing, some horror movie about a deaf woman being stalked by a psycho. During a tense silence, my eyes wide, hand poised over the dwindling popcorn bowl, I heard it again. Almost as if I had been expecting it, I fumbled for the remote and paused the still silent movie. By the time I'd tossed the remote back on the blanket next to me, the creaking had stopped. I padded back over to my front door and assumed the position. Despite the fact that there wasn't a person in sight, the door under the stairs was now mostly open. Frowning as best I could with one eye closed, I stared determinedly into the closet void. An intimidating, inky blackness stared back from across the dimly lit hall. Staring long enough, I thought I could almost see a shape in the darkness, a figure giving off the occasional twitch. With a quick shake of my head, I silently scolded myself for letting the movie get to me. Nonetheless, I made sure the lock was latched firmly in place before sitting back on my futon and switching to a lovely romantic comedy where everything is brightly lit and ended perfectly. After two strange Saturday nights in a row, I had almost begun to dread my formerly beloved weekends at home. Almost, but not quite. 
To better prep myself, I did the best rearranging I could and scooted my living room bedroom entertainment setup further from the door. I kept the movies light and cute, enjoying some Jennifer Aniston with my sangria, and then it happened again. That creak had become a sort of old, creepy friend you pitied and couldn't help keeping an ear out for. It came in short bursts tonight, and I tried to ignore it as best I could. It went on for at least ten minutes, on and off, before my sangria and I had decided we'd had enough. Swearing to myself, I marched over to the door, unlatched it, and wrenched it open. I was ready to confront whoever was harassing me, or at least give whatever employee a piece of my mind about cleaning past 10 p.m. on Saturday nights. What greeted me across the hall made my blood curdle. A woman's elongated torso hung precariously out of the darkness in the closet. Limp, dirty black hair obscured most of her face. Her skin was so pale she almost seemed translucent under filthy clothing. She stared at me through bangs kept apart by grease. Crooked teeth bared in a positively evil grin. I don't know how long I stood there, unable to move, unable to think, utterly petrified. At some point, whether it was minutes or hours later, I saw her cracked gray lips begin to twitch, as if preparing to speak. I was struck with a sharp, sudden thought that I could not, absolutely should not, listen to this thing speak. The sight of her alone had kept me paralyzed. I could only imagine what hearing whatever came out of her would do to me. With a small shriek, I jumped behind my door, slamming it shut and throwing the chain lock into place. My knees quaked as I sunk onto the futon, gasping for breath. Now that she wasn't in my sight anymore, my senses rushed back all at once. My brain kicked into overdrive. What was that? Was that a person's idea of a prank? Scare the living shit out of the new neighbor? That had to be the case. It couldn't be anything else. Could it? The next morning, I texted my landlord, still slightly hysteric, begging him to come by and check something out for me. He agreed easily enough and said he would swing by Monday morning. I took a personal day from work and waited anxiously, perched on my kitchen counter, running on maybe six hours sleep total from the last night since Saturday. As soon as he got there, I directed him the short distance across the hall to the slab of wood that had haunted my dreams. Trying to keep from looking too crazy, I gave him a short summary of what happened. It keeps happening, too, every Saturday night. And last Saturday, I saw a woman just dressed and made up all creepy, hanging out of the closet. I stopped upon seeing him raise his eyebrows. What? Uh, there shouldn't be anyone there, he began slowly. I don't use it, and neither do any of the other tenants. Then what did I see? I cut him off, sounding almost shrill. He sighed. Listen, I've had this place open for rent for about five years now. Ever since I got it, that door has been stuck shut. He demonstrated, fruitlessly tugging on the doorknob. I've never really bothered trying to find out what was in it. If anything, never had anyone else bring it up. As far as I know, no one should be able to get in there and just seal it up again like this. But I know what I saw, I countered. There was something, someone there.
I could see he was fighting not to roll his eyes at me. Well, give it a tug yourself. Try it. With a huff, I gave the doorknob a quick pull. Nothing happened. No matter how hard I tried, I could not get the door to open. It seemed like any regular old wooden door, but it just wouldn't move. He must have sensed how genuinely put out I was. Listen, Lucy, is it? If you see someone here again messing around in the hall, feel free to shoot me a text, and I'll try and get here if I can. I know you just moved in. Would rather you felt safe in your new home. I thanked him with a tired smile, and he left. He probably thought I was on drugs, drunk or sleepwalking and seeing all kinds of crap. The landlord's tone wasn't unkind before he left, but there was definitely some wariness in the last glance he gave me before heading out the front door to the house. One thing I knew for certain, I could not stay here this Saturday. That weekend, I asked my best friend if I could stay with her Saturday night. You know, it'll be like it was when we were kids. Stay up late, eat a bunch of junk food, only this time we can buy our own booze. She gamely agreed, and I felt a silent weight fall off of my shoulders. Indeed, it was nice to have a weekend off from the horror at my new apartment. Although, when she asked me how everything was going, I told her things couldn't be better. I felt like mentioning the creepy person-slash-demon that lurked across the hall from me would have put a damper on the evening. In fact, even though things only seemed to happen on Saturday nights, I found myself jumpy and on edge the rest of the week. When I was safely bundled up next to my friend in her queen bed, thinking about this made me slightly angry. Who was this, this thing, this person, to make me feel uncomfortable in my own home? This place was mine, damn it, and I loved everything about it. It was the principle of the thing. You don't fuck with someone in their one safe space, their home, their hearth. Slam as many doors and bang on as many pipes as you want anywhere else. Go ahead. But home was supposed to be, well, home. I left my friend's place next morning, feeling energized after a decent night's sleep and ready to tackle whatever the hell was happening at my apartment. I was even whistling as I walked up the front stoop stuck my key in the lock, and headed inside. The whistling died pitifully on my lips when I came upon my front door. There were enough windows near the door to the building that the hallway was very well lit during the day. That's why the deep gouges on my front door stood out to me so well, and so angrily. The wood around the peephole had several deep marks in it, circular and clear in the Sunday morning sun. Slowly, I reached out and touched them, running my fingers along the short gashes. I had no idea what they were at first and couldn't figure it out until the idea of teeth marks came unbidden to my mind. I withdrew my hand, breathing in harshly. Whatever this thing, I had stopped thinking of it as a real person, was, it did not like being ignored. Teeth marks gouged into the shabby wooden door with the ferocity of an off-kilter scorned lover. I almost screamed. My lips parted. I took a breath. The shriek spun around at the back of my throat, fighting to get out and alert every neighbor in a one-block radius. I partly lost my battle. With a suppressed squeak, 
I hurried into my apartment and shut the door firmly behind me. The rest of the day saw me pacing around my tiny space, taking momentary breaks to nibble on a peanut butter sandwich. Whatever the hell was across the hall from me did not like me, and it certainly did not want me here. That had to be the reason for whatever it was doing. Some kind of intimidation tactic? I had already decided it couldn't be another human being. That idea was long gone within seconds of brushing my fingers over the deep gouges in my door. I was no stranger to slight dalliances with the paranormal. What few DVDs I owned were mostly cheap-budget horror flicks with iffy effects and shakier acting. I had never really been one to shout my belief in ghosts from the rooftops, but I'd never fully doubted their existence either. Now that I may actually be face-to-face, or more appropriately, door-to-door, with one, I hadn't the foggiest idea of what to do. Fight? Run? Cover my apartment floor with salt and draw little hexes all around my door? It was nearing nightfall now. With my head in my hands, perched stiffly on the arm of my futon, I attempted to reason with myself. Really, this thing liked to come on Saturday nights. It was now Sunday evening. I had roughly a week to figure out how to respond. Perhaps a library montage each day after work, immersing myself in books on ghosts and ghouls and various ways to repel them. The thought wasn't a huge comfort to me, but it did provide enough relief that I was able to settle down with a cup of tea to do some reading. An older woman I worked with had lent me a romance novel, and honestly, the simple issues and smutty scenes were one of the best distractions I could have asked for. Two cups later, Finishing up a particularly racy moment, I heard it. Click, 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 click. I paused, and halfway towards my mug, straining my ears to hear more. Click, click, click. A faulty appliance? An AC unit about to blow? A nagging thought at the back of my mind mentioned my weekly specter, but I quickly shook off that thought. It's not Saturday, I insisted to myself. It can't be that. I never thought I'd be praying for one of my few appliances to crap out on me, but that would be the only way this clicking could be happening, right? Click. Click. It hadn't gotten louder nor closer. It didn't sound like it was moving at all. Just a mild clicking with no particular pattern, coming from no particular direction. Untangling myself from my blanket, I padded over to my window AC unit. I paused for only a moment before reaching out and shutting the machine off. As they say, the silence was suddenly deafening. A couple of minutes later, after no more clicking... I was relieved that the issue was taken care of. With a yawn, I began folding out my futon and getting ready for bed. By the time the clicking woke me up again, I had been asleep for at least a few hours. It took me a little bit to come to. Clicking. I thought I turned the AC off. Why is it louder? That smell. My eyes opened, bleary with sleep. I froze. Outlined in silhouette via the nightlight next to my bathroom door was it. 
inside my apartment, staring at me, frantically clicking its teeth, grinning. My body felt like it was made of ice. My brain was blank, every hair standing on end, as if I were faced with an angry animal making no sudden movements. I slowly reached on to my nightstand and unlocked my phone. I did all of this without looking away, without breaking eye contact. As I texted HELP in all caps repeatedly to my landlord, I was acutely aware of how tightly my jaw was clenched. It hadn't moved yet, just stood, staring, grinning, clicking contentedly. After the fifth text in a row, Without a quick enough response, I decided I had to do something. If my landlord pulled up to me, sobbing in a heap on the front lawn, so be it. I needed to get out. With a speed and grace fueled only by adrenaline, I leapt from my futon and started across the small distance toward my apartment's front door. I wasn't fast enough. It must have been coiled, simply waiting for me to try and move, to get away from it from her. The clicking became frighteningly faster, more intense, closer, as an icy hand closed around my wrist. I was whipped around, my face now inches from hers. All was quiet as she suddenly stopped clicking, grin splitting from ear to ear. The smell of rot was overwhelming this close, and tears stung my eyes. She then began to open her mouth, until I was eye-level with the top row of her teeth. But the hole that was her mouth kept getting bigger, taking up more space in my vision until all I could see was blackness. This is it, I thought weakly. The closet. She hadn't wanted me gone, not really. She'd wanted me with her, a new part of her, to be in this blackness, this other. Perhaps the next time someone filled this apartment, they would peer out one evening to see my twisted, grinning visage staring at them, beckoning, trying to tempt them, clicking. My scream echoed out over the swirling, constant nothing. There is the sound of a car driving over gravel and slowing to a stop. A car door opens, slams shut. There's whistling. Birds singing in the background, signaling that it's morning. Keys jingle and a door unlocks. There's casual footsteps. A gentle sigh. Another one bites the dust. Comes the landlord's voice, low, a mixture of relieved and sad. Everything else here is done with his voice. One more year of safety for the land, my family. Sated, the portal would remain shut. Looking for another tenant didn't need to happen for another several months. Until then, I wasn't worried. I performed the usual checks in the empty apartment, making sure things looked just lived in enough. No blood left behind. Not like there ever had been before, but, hey, there's a first time for everything. I started concocting a story, planning out what I would say, 
Oh, she mentioned something about seeing a person in the closet. Maybe being on her own was just getting to her. Kids these days do have it pretty rough. The same story each time, with only slight variations. It was common enough that it honestly never raised any eyebrows. A young person, unable to handle the pressure, up and disappears. A search would begin, heavily publicized in the media, that would last for several weeks before, inevitably, interest died down. On to the next one. I pulled my phone out and dialed the local police department. Only once a year, and I still had the number memorized. A woman picks up, clearly sounds like she's speaking from the other end of a phone line. Hi, I'm worried about my tenant. I was wondering if someone could come out and check on her. The conversation trails off. The Wicked Library is a Ninth Story Studios production. Our host and producer is Daniel Foytek. That's me. Our lead editor and executive producer is Scarlett Algie. Our art director and executive producer, Jeanette Andromeda. Our resident composer and executive producer is Nico Viteze. Support for our show is provided through Patreon by our Patreon supporters at patreon.com forward slash wicked library. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all.